When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and welcome to episode 16 of the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast from wherever you are in the world. We thought we might be licking our wounds after a Valentine's massacre at the Emirates yesterday. It wasn't far off a bloodbath. Uh, Leeds going down 4-2. We'll look back on the defeat to the Gunners and then to help lift our spirits we'll have former BGT finalist, comedian, musician and all-round BLC disciple Mickey Pika joining us later on. On today's panel with me I've got Kaylee, Matt, M, and Dan. How are you doing guys? Thank you. So straight into the game yesterday against Arsenal then. Um, a 4-2 defeat which Looked like being much more uncomfortable than that seems in the first half. Um, thoughts and feelings on the result and the performance yesterday? I just think we hate London. You know, what is it, Kayleigh? £22 a pint, you know, shit pies. <laughs> £20 a pint. <laughs> £20 a pint, shit pies, boring football teams. And if we've got that mentality, bloody hell, our players will have had to. Was it December the 9th, 2017? Bloody hell, it's a long time now, isn't it? I remember Newcastle back in the day, they had that that kind of London hoodoo. When they finally won against Fulham, every single Geordie just jumped in the Thames naked, didn't they? <laughs> to celebrate. So, like, maybe we should do that um, <laughs> when we've got Fulham away. <laughs> Might be a good reason why fans are going then to that. But, yeah, I think... Um... Oh yeah, it's like Matt said. To be honest, it's it must be London because we just weren't with it all in the first half, were we? We were a bit. We just didn't. We we didn't look good going forward. We couldn't really string anything together from the back. I think um, 
Yeah, it was just the first half was just a little bit of a car crash and then the warning signs were there with the first penalty that got overturned and then what about two minutes later it happened again, didn't it? And two goal leads, you know, it's rare that you can come back from that. Three, probably not. Four, it's too much. And, you know, for the second half was really good to be fair. Once we were 4-0 down, we started playing really well. Unfortunately, like I said, four, to get four goals away from home is not easy. And when you're 4-0 down, it's probably asking a bit too much, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, so I've got to agree. London curse continues. It's baffling how much we don't get points from there. But yeah, same. I think first half was awful. Quite a typical. Well, it happens quite a lot with us this season, I think. Because, you know, we don't have the best first half. And the second half, we seem to come out storming. And yeah, we take with the first 45 minutes. Come in, we got something from that game. But yeah, when you're 4-0 down... In the 50th minute, you just can't come back from that. And we had like that slight spell. We got them two goals. We had a bit of momentum for a bit. But in the last 10 minutes, again, I think we just slumped off a bit. And we're kind of grabbing the match to be over, actually. I think 4-2 is probably a typical Leeds defeat now. It's never dull when we get beaten. Probably the best way to sum it up. It is a typical Leeds scoring at 4-2, especially coming back from 4-0 down as well. I mean, we're joking about this London curse, but it's gone on too long for it to just be a coincidence now, surely. Like, what actually is it about London that stops us getting any points? Maybe it's the bus journey. Oh. I don't know. It might be too long. Yeah. Maybe all the players are knackered. Like jet lag. We might need to relocate Thorpe Arch down there or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I'm out of ideas, to be honest. Depends if they get in the megabus. How long's it normally take? <laughs> 20, 20, 24 hours? One. That's if it breaks down as well, which oh. it probably will. So. 24 hours, no Wi-Fi, but it's only a quid. Leads to London. <laughs> we we saw a few shaky moments from Melia yesterday I think that's fair to say and he's taken an absolute pasting on social media in the last 24 hours we've talked about the keeper situation a lot on this podcast but I think it's getting to the point now where that senior support in the squad is potentially what he's really missing because you know he's, he's clearly got a lot of talent but actually handling the situation and being the first choice keeper for a Premier League club is going to take its toll especially with matches like yesterday isn't it? I think if you look back on well, what I was you know, at 20 years old I wasn't first choice goalkeeper for Leeds United which is already quite a pressurised role as it is and yeah I think was there rumours over at summer that we was going to sign him Joe Hart wasn't there you know we all kind of giggled a bit about it and actually looking back now I think he would have been a great experience that we could have needed for the team obviously we want to get rid of keeper don't we really I think he needs to go hopefully and yeah he didn't have the best of games yesterday but it's unfair for him to say that beating on social media he had a bit of a mare but I'm still fully behind him and as a whole, he's had such a good season for us so far, and you can't let Bob Band performance put him down. And our defence yesterday, I think, was also pretty crap at times. So, um, yeah, just it would need some experience in that role. I'd still keep him as first choice goalkeeper, but I think second choice, if we can hopefully get rid of Kiko at all, yeah, getting an ex Prem goalkeeper, a bit of experience. I think as well, he, he took a lot of a lot of flack, like you said yesterday, did Meslier, but. He's saved us more points than he's lost us this season so far. So you've got to look at that as, as being a key start. I think if we were sat here now and he's, he's cost us 20-odd points, whatever it is, you know, you'd probably scratch your head and say, yeah, he's, he's probably not ready for, for Premier League football. But I think I, I think he's more than more than comfortable to do it. And I think we've said it before about David De Gea when he first went to you-know-who and there was a lot of pressure on him and, he, you know, they were saying he wasn't ready for, to, to be a, a number one in, in Premier League football and, and look at what he became. And I... I genuinely, like Kayleigh said, believe he will be a, a great keeper. But yeah, I, I do think we need a steady number two to come in and sometimes take a bit of pressure off him as well. And we've said before, Kiko's not that player. And 
the you know the Leeds under twenty threes won today, and and people were, you know were raving about Kiko. He did absolutely nothing, and he's under twenty threes football. And this is a man who's won Champions League and La Liga titles as number two at Real Madrid. So it's not like it's in, in his development. He's just pretty much just in there and and keeping goal for under twenty threes football. So he's, he's he's not the answer to Messi. But you've got to keep him in. You've got to keep him in. The best way to learn is to play play football week in week out because, like I said at the top, he's, he's saved us more points and what it's cost us so yeah absolutely it's got to keep that number one jersey in my opinion yeah I think I think I think you're right I think Kayleigh raised a good point in, in terms of whilst he probably was to blame for two of the goals I think it, it can be avoided through defence errors and just you know not being able to play an easy ball plus if you think about it he's done that a couple of times you know what he did to what he tried to do to Saka you know where he kind of sends the striker for a hot dog um, he's tried it a couple of times and it's come off and, you know, Wilson's tweeting about it saying it's brilliant and then obviously he's going to get it wrong eventually, ain't he? Where he didn't get it right. So I think, unfortunately, it was that day, but he's going to have bad days, like I say, he's, he's young. Um, I don't think he can directly be blamed for that result at all. I think he didn't get any protection for the first goal. The third goal, they had a numerous amount of times to clear it and couldn't get a tackle in and couldn't do anything about a fourth goal. So, you know, I think it's going to happen for a young keeper. So I don't think there's any reason to panic. He's, like Matt said, he's saved us more points um, than he's lost us so far. One of the things we were chatting about yesterday was the fact that when Calvin's not playing and then we have this makeshift back four with Aileen at centre-back, you lose the, the out balls. And a lot of people were slating Melia and saying he just needs to clear it. But that's not the way they're trained. That's not the Bielsa way. Like, he's had it instilled in him that he needs to play out from the back. And I think if you look at a lot of the matches, it is usually Calvin or Ailing on that wide on the right wing that takes that out ball from him. So when they're not available, it is a little bit like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I think that's that's pretty much what we saw yesterday, isn't it? So aside from the fact that Calvin's a massive influence on our game... The fact we have to shuffle so much then puts everything else at risk, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But I think you you were right in saying, in terms of Mesley distribution, the fact that he had to do that turn on Saka was because he had no one to pass it to. Strike wasn't really offering because, you know, I mean, we might come into that, I don't know, but he just doesn't strike me as a, C, a CDM kind of ball player that Calvin is. You know, he didn't have a pass on, and it, like you said, he'd lumped it into touch a few times because he was having to play it out wide, and Aylin wasn't out there. Shackleton wasn't really giving as much width out there, to be honest. So yeah, I think that is a something that we need to look at. I think tactically, you know, because that didn't work at all. What we played there, moving four people, pretty much into positions they've played. Granted, but you know, this isn't the first time where we've had to play without Calvin. It hasn't worked so. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but who would you play there? I would have probably put Shackleton there myself, but I'm not saying that would have worked. <laughs> but I think to move strike from centre-back and Aileen from right-back, I just think it hurt us more than it helped us. Yeah, I was assuming Dallas might have taken Phillips' position. And yeah, I've got mm-hmm. to agree with you about strike. Um, obviously, one day he will be a great defender, but yeah, he hasn't got that midfielder mindset. He doesn't like look for the ball like a midfielder would. And I have to agree again, we changed four positions for the sake of one player being missing. And it was almost like when we played Crawley and every single player seemed to be in the wrong position and it just didn't work. You just don't play fluidly. They could see right through you. And that was my bit of yesterday. 
everyone was kind of out of position a bit. Um, I'm going to do anything, but I think Piazza is to blame for that. I think tactics yesterday was all wrong. And Aligoski didn't have the best of matches yesterday either. I don't think he's... Sometimes him as left back, he's just a bit crap in some games, unfortunately. I think he's a great Lucky guy. Lucky Lucy in on this pod. Yeah, sorry, Lucy. <laughs> but yeah, I think a few times this season, he just he got caught out yesterday a bit and just watching it, he was miles behind the Arsenal players. And um, yeah, it was just a tactic yesterday. It made no sense. It was a strange team lineup, and I'm surprised at all the changes they made for the sake of Phillips being missing. Square pegs, round holes, was it? You know, yeah, the best way to describe it. Perfect example, wasn't it? I think you had Shackleton at right back, you know, Ealing centre back. Alioski left back, strike playing in the holding role, you know, all out of position. And then Dallas as well in centre mid. Like I, I, we've said before, but I, I genuinely think Stuart Dallas is his best position for me is at left back, left wing back. I think he's fantastic down that that side. Yeah. I think um, Strike is come on, what a player! I think he's going to be an absolute gem for us, absolute beast of a player for us as well. And and can we just celebrate that we scored from a corner? Round of applause on that one. <laughs> After missing two stinkers oh. in the last game, <laughs> he's gone and planted that one in the top corner. It must have been a good part of his 50p head. 50p head, wasn't it? Yeah. Harry Maguire won it at World Cup. <laughs> Absolute dream running onto that. Well, we've done a we've done an article on writing the Gary Kelly's.com, you know, and we've compared him to Virgil van Stroyk because he's that he's that good or he's going to be that good for us but he's not for me he's not an holding midfielder he might have scored a goal but he's not that player you can just see he's he's a little bit out of his depth and he's very very comfortable at centre back so I think Robin Cook has played quite well in that holding role as well I felt at times this season you know he could potentially be when he's fit could be that kind of back up for Calvin and I think when the club brought him in they did see him as that kind of plays a centre back and you can move him move him forward and required as well a bit like Ben White last season in, in some aspects um, still holding holding on for Adam Forshaw to come back at some point <laughs> if I'm honest do you know <laughs> something we don't or <laughs> should, we, should we do our regular is Forshaw fit yet question <laughs> <laughs> Are we already back in training and Forshaw still missing? Oh, no. <laughs> well, Has we... his leg fallen off or something? I don't understand how he can be injured for so long. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I mean, he was injured for a month, wasn't he? Like a year and a half ago. And then he, was he has another baby since then. <laughs> yeah, I think he's impregnated yeah. his wife. She's been pregnant and they've had a baby. And, like, well, there you oh, go. He's been injured. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, we're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's shit, because he actually he was playing so well before he got injured. Mm. But yeah, I think it's, it is something that we need to look at. Because I, I actually saw there was times where Stroik actually looked like he was dropping into centre-back when he needed to be further up the field. It's almost like he forgot. It's his natural yeah. game to kind of drop back into that centre-back position. And yeah, again, it is difficult. But, you know, I think... It's going to be a struggle. If I mean, I don't know how long Calvin's out for. It's not. They've not really said anything, have they? They said it was just a small knock. They said it was a doubt he was playing, didn't they, yesterday morning? Yeah. So he didn't play. So hopefully he's back for Wolves. Yeah. Well, usually if they've not said anything like that, then they're probably looking for Wolves, aren't they? But you know, if he's not back for Wolves, then you know their midfield is quite strong, even though they they are underachieving. So. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I, will. I mean, he probably he probably will play strike there, won't he? He's not one to change off one bad result, Bielsa. But, yeah, we'll see. The thing is as well, though, Pascal's obviously preferring that centre-back role because, like you say, he was he was slotting back into that position 
subconsciously yesterday because that's just where he feels more natural and as a player who's trying to develop you'd want to be in your your most prolific position wouldn't you like he obviously sees himself as a centre-back so I think to be moving forward as grateful as he is to be starting you would still be desperate to be in your most comfortable position yeah I think you know when it works doesn't it like when Phillips got moved to a more midfield role it just worked beautifully didn't it and obviously with strike it just doesn't seem to be working as well obviously he's still very young but yeah I think it'll be able to be a cracking defender but I'm not sure about defensive midfield I think you've got to look at him as well when we get when we finally have a fully fit squad to, to choose from especially at the back you know a lot's been said about Liverpool this season and other teams as well. You know, we've got over £60 million worth of new talent on the sidelines and it just never gets mentioned at all. But I think when Lorente and Cocker back, you know, where, where's Stroik going to fit in in all this as well? Because you'll have Cooper, more likely it's going to be, you're going to have three fighting for two, aren't you? And Stroik's I think Stroik starts. Well, on this form, he does, yeah. For me, he does, definitely. But then it's a choice of Willie, though, you know, because you're looking at Lorente and, and Cock is, is what? What you're looking at there? Nearly 30, 40 million. 30 odd million, is it? We spent on them too long. Yeah. Maybe more, yeah. So it's it's going to be an interesting edit for Bielsa when when we finally get them all fit. I bet we didn't think we, had to go, we were going to have to wait till March to get them all fit to have that headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so will there ever be a day where they've got that many fit Leeds defenders that we're going to be fighting over who starts? <laughs> yeah. Like with a true blessing. <laughs> probably God still concede five, won't we? Gone are the days <laughs> we just had uh, Tom, Le- Tom Lees and Jason Pearce and that's all we had as fit defenders. Yeah. <laughs> Um, moving on, Tyler Roberts was a bit of a man on a mission when he came on yesterday, wasn't he? He seemed to bring a bit more tempo to our play and he obviously got the assist for the second goal. We're starting to see a bit more of him. You know, when he does come on, it's usually a pretty positive performance, although there's yeah, still work to do. Do you think he's, you know, pushing for a start? Is it worth considering him, particularly with Rodrigo being out for, you know, we don't know how long? A few times this I've doubted him as well. I maybe thought he should have been best off going on loan somewhere for a season. But actually... Every time he's come on, he seems to be creating chances and he's playing really well for the 10, 20 minutes we're seeing for. And you do forget how young he is. He's only 21, isn't he? So he's still got plenty of time to develop. But yeah, he has proved me wrong this season. I think at start, I did doubt him a bit. And every time he's come on, he's looked like a good player. He looked confident, creating chances, getting into spaces. So hopefully he will get given a chance soon. We don't know how long he goes out for, do we? We're assuming it's over a month. So probably a perfect chance to actually give him that starting opportunity. And with Rafinha and Jack Harrison knocking him in for fun sometimes, then yeah, actually it'd be a good bit less pressure on him as well. Yeah, I thought that was a brilliant little caveat from him, actually. Um, you know, I guess it doesn't probably inspire a lot of confidence in fans when they see him coming off the bench at half-time, but I thought he was brilliant. You know, he, he nearly set up Shackleton as well with a lovely little reverse ball over the top you know probably a bit if that was Rafinha running onto it you're probably thinking that's 4-3 you know really good run for the goal picked out Costa well I just thought he looked like a best attacking threat because you know Arsenal did a decent job on Rafinha and Harrison so you know they were forcing us in field a lot of the time and I think when Roberts did come on we looked a lot better I don't know if that's because you know, Click was so off the pace with Bielsa saying he was carrying a bit of an injury. Mm. But yeah, he did give us some energy in there. And, you know, fair play to him. You know, I don't know if they offered him a loan and he said no or Bielsa wanted to keep him. But you can see why he wanted to keep him if he's, you know, can put in a 45 minutes like that. I guess the challenge to him now is hopefully if he if he does get a start at some point, he can, you know, maybe get a goal, maybe make, um, get some more assists and 
help us in that region because there's a spot there, like like Kaylee said, with Rodrigo out. So as always, we've um, got some thoughts from you guys on social media, so I'll just touch on a few of those. Mubble Fubbles, I'm sure you troll me with some of these names, um, says, hate losing, but really not that fussed or worried. Full team and a different result. Paul says, our team, especially now with so many injuries, is not the same quality as some teams in this league. We compensate by being at it 100% for 90 minutes, fall below that standard, and better players will punish us. Dan says, strike beginning to be on the team sheet 100% every week for me. Melia needs to improve, otherwise need to look at a keeper. Phillips was the big miss. Cooper didn't look too good today either. And Tony Steele says, too many positional changes to cater for the fact we're missing Phillips. The back four looked lost. Rafinha didn't have the support of Ailing behind him. I think we're pretty much in agreement with most of those comments, aren't we? Yeah, I think Dan made a good point. Not me, but I like <laughs> Was it so, you? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Dan. I think mobile footballs did uh, had a good point. <laughs> I'm laughing that we've got we've got mobile footballs and then we've got Paul, Dan, and Tony. <laughs> One extreme to the other. But yeah, I think the fact we're disappointed, well, maybe not disappointed, but particularly in the first half, that how we played against Arsenal just shows how far we have come in the last few years and I think how uh, our expectations as a fan base has changed as well. So a little perspective every now and then doesn't go amiss. Can I can I just say as well, I don't know if anyone else felt this or is it just me, I even tweeted it out from our ITGK on Twitter. Southampton 3-0 up against Kevin Blackwell's Leeds United um, 2004 we actually played it on the pod didn't we Vic a few few episodes ago and that inspiring team talk to rally his troops and come back from 3-0 down at St Mary's to, to, to win the game 4-3 and I'm not going to lie at half time I genuinely believed it I honestly did but then obviously after the 46th minute they went 4-0 up <laughs> and I just thought for fuck's sake <laughs> I was quite similar though <laughs> I thought West Ham did it against Tottenham, Cardiff did it against us, like we can do it, and then yeah, that fourth goal went in. Yeah. It's the hope, it's the hope that kills you. I'll tell you what, the second goal went in, I was like, hey, oh, it's my it. you, did, you, you did believe, like, if you, if you didn't believe, you're not a Leeds fan, but you, a part of us were all like, come on, you know, that's it, we're, we're back on it. But um, I don't think just that penalty shout as well, didn't we? Well, Jimmy, yeah. our cheerleader this season, you know, ex-Leeds United forward Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Obviously, for the last 16 <laughs> years, he's been ex-Chelsea, Middlesbrough and Atletico Madrid. Um, but obviously, he's ex-Leeds now this year. Even he was saying, in fair points, probably the best thing he said all year. That that sandwich on, on Bamford in the penalty area, anywhere outside the box, that's a free kick. Guaranteed. Because there's no attempt to win the ball by either player. So why on the hell is that not even deemed to be checked by VAR? It never is pre-VAR and post-VAR. It's just acceptable that, you know, they've just muscled the player out of the way, but there's two players literally sandwiched them. If we would have got that penalty and converted it, my goodness me, they, they would have, their ass would have gone. Literally, Arsenal's ass would have gone because they they have a small <laughs> inner belly, don't they? And it's them fine margins really that can that can make or break a, a game and I genuinely believe we could have really, really put the pressure on him if we would have got that penalty. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, it was a shame, really, because I think uh, the game kind of went dead in the last 10, didn't it? But if we'd have got that, it wouldn't have been a dead game in the last 10 minutes, that's for sure. But I guess we'd have had to score it as well. Hi, I'm Paul Robinson, and when I'm not out on the golf course, I'm listening to writeinthegarrykellys.com. 
It's time to announce who our Mystery X League United player is, and with that we'll also announce who the winner of the £25 tennis voucher is. I was a young lad at Leeds and I can remember getting off the bus thinking I've got a chance of starting here. And the ex-Leeds player is our former centre-back and academy star, Matt Kilgallen, of course. Thanks to everyone who entered the competition. We've picked our lucky winner and they are... James Beck. Huge congratulations. Keep listening to us as we'll have loads more cracking competitions coming up for you to enter soon. You could be enjoying a proper good Yorkshire brew in your very own Leeds United mug from theterrorstore.com. With plenty to choose from, you can enjoy it even more with your very own discount code. All you have to do is fill your basket and add RITGK15 at the end to get 15% off your shop. As always, we'd love to know what you buy, so drop us a tweet at RITGK. Enjoy! Head over to writeinthegarakellys.com to read some great content written by the Leeds fans for the Leeds fans. We cover every aspect of the club and our talented team are writing content every day. If you'd like to get involved and write an article for the club, then get in touch by emailing us at contact at writeinthegarakellys.com or contact us across the major social media networks at RITGK. So, as you all know by now, we can't afford a full-length news jingle, so we'll have to do it in 40 seconds. So, with that in mind, here is your Leeds United news in 40. Leeds hit the wings as the Eagles are putting a standout performance at Ellen Road last Monday to pick up three points against Crystal Palace with a 2-0 win. The whole of the football world stood up and took notice of Leeds United's very own Brazilian magician after yet another cracking display for the club. Even Ronaldinho has posters of Rafinha on his bedroom wall. Leeds warrior Josh Warrington got back in the ring after a long 16-month break. Unfortunately, it was heartbreak for Josh, who lost in the ninth round against his underdog opponent, Mauricio Lara. Keep your spirits high, Josh. We know you'll come back stronger. And finally, the week ended on another downer after Leeds suffered a 4-2 defeat to Arsenal. But if we're looking for any positives, like the smallest one, Graham Souness is a big fan of ours. <laughs> taking that <laughs> definitely <laughs> after the week we've had <laughs> people have gone mad about that you know there was a whole article in the sun about the fact that we lost and Graham Souness was d***ing about us still <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's, like, there, it's like if we lose we just people just need to rip us to shreds and they don't like it that there were people actually say well yeah I quite enjoyed that <laughs> that's one thing you can be pretty confident we're never going to be boring are we no. we've seen Gabby like slightly singing our praises a bit as well last week saying that it must be exciting time to be a Leeds fan and you know it's exciting stuff happening there at the moment I just yeah. trying to stay relevant yeah. well we've yeah. got Miller soon we? so he might be going the other way this time instead of trash talking mm. us praising us <laughs> Mickey hello there here he is here he is how are you doing well mate thanks for joining us anyway you've got um You've got Vicky, um, Kayleigh and Dan. Hey, mate. Nice to meet you. You too. So, yeah, mate, it's a pleasure to have you on. Big fan. Welcome to writing the Gary Kellys. So, mate, how are you feeling then this season in general? Feeling great. Yeah. I think, think you know, we've been amazing, haven't we? 32 points at this stage of the season. Absolutely brilliant. And, uh, I I mean, I take yesterday's loss, you know, I, I, I don't care. I do not care about losing 4-2 to Arsenal. I, th- I, I just... I, I'm a bit disappointed about the scrutiny now as well. That You know, it's an extreme scrutiny, isn't it, these days with football? And 
And I think some some Leeds fans, I don't I don't know what they expect. I think we're doing absolutely amazing, and uh, I still I still believe we can make seventh. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm buzzing. Absolutely, I mean, it's yeah. 16 years. I mean, just to be a mid-table Premiership team, you know, when you it, it's, it's glory days for what we've been to, isn't it? You know, and it's such a shame we can't be there. But next season we definitely will be. I mean, the relegation talk's got to end soon, hasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. I just can't see. I can't really see Fulham getting 32 points. I know they beat Everton. We're already there. We're already safe and we should be looking up the table. I just think we've been absolutely brilliant. Well, it's, like, I, I, um, it's like the Arsenal game. Before the Arsenal game, you're looking at, you know, we were 10th, they were 11th. And they'll talk of Europe. It was a battle for Europe, that game yesterday. This is, this well, is Leeds, Leeds we're talking about. Like you said, 16 years out of the big time. And already we're talking a battle for Europe, apparently, in uh, in February with Arsenal. Yeah, well, the commentators mentioned about Arsenal going into Europe after that win. And yeah. That, you know, that's, that's where they should be looking. We, we beat, if we beat Wolves, we go ahead of them. So mm-hmm. it's that tight. I think it's going to be really tight between 10th, 11th and 6th. I, I, I don't think there's going to be many points in it at all. And if we get lucky with injuries, then... Well, I'll tell you now, if we, if we get lucky with injuries, we'll make it 100%. And by that, I mean Phillips, Aileen, Bamford, Meslier and Rafinha. I think if they stay fit, I think all the rest of them are pretty replaceable. And that, you could argue Dallas as well, actually. He's been brilliant as well. Provides a lot of balance. If they stay fit, 100% we're making seventh. 100%. I'd, I'd bet my house on it. Well, one thing you've got to remember as well about... about honestly, I would, because Everton are crap. You know, everyone's... They've just lost a, they've just lost a full one. I mean, Aston Villa yeah. just, you know, that draw against Bournemouth is, I mean, I know we lost to Bournemouth, but we battered them. I watched it on match of the day. They didn't even get a chance. Their XG was 0.14 against against uh, Bournemouth. I mean, that is, if, if we were Villa fans, we'd be screaming from the rooftops about how bad we are. I think they're all vulnerable. I think Spurs are vulnerable. Without Kane, they're rubbish. I think uh, West Ham in a false position. West Ham will drop down, definitely. Mm. Yeah, uh, They'll be there yeah. or thereabouts. So the, the way that they're beating Sheffield United, um, I mean, they're so down and out, it's unbelievable. All the teams above us are, uh, are inconsistent. And I think Man United are as well. I think they'll, I think they'll drop down. They're a, a one-man team, uh, Bruno Fernandes. They're all vulnerable apart from Man City. And we beat Leicester. We can beat any of them. I think we're the only team that can beat City, if I'm honest with you. We could lose 8 0 as well. I'm glad you mentioned XG, Mickey, because we're a big fan of expected goals on this on this podcast. But um, ours are a lot higher than anybody else's. But you're right, mate, what you're saying. The thing what we do is we create chances. So the teams that you've mentioned don't. You know, you like so your Fulhams and your Newcastles, your Sheffield United's. Um, they're the ones that are, that should be worried, not us. But mate, I I I want to seventh in in, in a, you know, it's not a bad shout if I'm honest. How we've yes. played so far this season, and looking at the fixtures coming up as well, we just need to get that London hoodoo out of the way, don't we? Totally. I mean, I, I put a little model together, my own little model uh, for, <laughs> for for seventh, and it, and it didn't have an Arsenal win. Um, I just thought there's no just forget that forget that the London curses. It's it feels real, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. But I have got I have got a win against West Ham and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but but you know, Villa, Villa were there. I can see us taking six points off Villa, definitely. And like I said, they're all they're all inconsistent and they're, they're all gettable. And, and the great thing about our approach that I don't think enough people talk about is that it it's it's win or lose. And and it, we seem to win one, lose one. We're not drawing. 
And that's massive. You look at Man United and um, West Brom, point each. That does neither team any good. West Brom have to win. Man United have to win as well to, to, to maintain any kind of push for top three, really. Perhaps top four. You've got to win. And if we win one, lose one, that's 1.5 points a game. That's 57 points. And that's where we're going at the minute. It's win one, lose one. I think we'll do Wolves. I think we could probably take six points off Southampton in an absolute free fall. But if we do lose to Wolves, it's no biggie because we could, like I said, we could we could go and beat Man United. We could go and beat Liverpool. It, that's how it is. We we it's shit or bust, and it's a great tactic. It's 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 we don't draw. It's it's brilliant. You're dropping two points every time you draw, and. and this technique of just give it everything if it works for us we win if it doesn't work we lose and like I said it seems to be we're winning about as many as we're losing you're looking at about 55 points I think it's interesting actually the win or bust thing because like you say the wins you know they are worth well over double aren't they so they're worth going for I think than you know camping trip to Etihad you know trying to get a point when you're just going to get battered 5-0 you might as well have a go see what you can get and then, you know, I don't think we'd have got a point against Man City early in the season if we'd have just sat back and gone for one, you know. And so I think it's a good point you raise, actually, there. About really that. good really good time to play City, looking back. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they struggled at the start. I, I mean, they're, they're the, them and Liverpool are the only teams that can go on that 16-15 game winning run. They're the only teams that can do it. And City are on that now. I'm hoping that by the time we play them, they've wrapped up the league and they're throwing a few <laughs> kids in. Because you, you never know. I think we play them quite late, don't we? And we've got Sheffield United, Liverpool, Man City, I think towards the end of the season. It's but that May month, isn't it? Yeah. And by then, I think we're safe. I mean, April's always been a, a bad month for us as well. But like I said, the Wolves, Southampton coming up, you feel like, you know, having said that, you know, Southampton are playing Chelsea next, I think, and then they won't have won in seven defeats on the trot, that'll be, because Chelsea are looking great now. They've got someone who's in charge who can actually manage because they've got a world-class players, haven't they? Uh, but you know you know the story, don't you? Seven losses on the trot come to Leeds, and the way we play, actually, it, it can be a relief to some teams because, you know, playing this zonal thing and, and you're struggling to create chances, then suddenly we come along and if our press isn't working or, or you manage to, if you press us high, we struggle as well. If our press works, we win. If our press doesn't work, we look we look shit. <laughs> um, it's that simple. It's a flip, it's flip of a coin. But with that, bearing that in mind, you know, 15 games left, I think seven wins is is pretty reasonable and eight losses. We can, we, we can lose more than we win and that puts us on 53 points. So... You know, if we overperform that slightly, when we we will get seventh, fifty-five to sixty points is you. I mean, Burnley did it on fifty-four points. I've been doing quite a lot of research to seventh because I'm quite <laughs> excited about. You know, if we if we make European football next season, I know I know it could be a, a curse, um, but the players we can sign off the back of it, and then just Ellen Road. Hopefully, this vaccine is, is going really well, and we can get back in the stadium in some capacity and. You know, for all, for all the for all the kids, you know, that when I say kids, I mean anyone under under the age of twenty five. Really, they've never experienced these nights, you know. And strike while the iron's hot, you know. Let's go for it this season. I, I believe in the team. I really do. Well, I believe in the system. Actually, I believe in Bielsa's ideals of just attacking, going for it. And like I say, win or bust, and three points in the bag or no points in the bag. And in the end of the day, lose. You could lose ten. They don't matter. You've just it's, you've you've lost the game. It, it, it's not a massive deal. I don't, I don't think goal difference is going to 
be a huge issue for us. I know it's not looking great, but but well, it could be actually. But it, it, if if we miss out on goal difference, still what a great season. And uh, yeah, I, I firmly got my sights set on top seven, hundred percent. As a Bres discipline, have you had the pleasure of sharing a toffee nut latte with a man at Weatherby's finest Costa Coffee Shop yet? No, I've I've not done that. I've not gone for the. Um, Go and meet. In, in a way, I'm happy not to meet him, really, because the way that I see him and the way that I feel about him, he, he has this godlike persona for me, and I, I do see him as more than human. And if I met him, I might realise he's only flesh and blood. So I'm, I, I'm happy with the distance, really. I, I, I just think what he's done is he's turned us round, Auntie. And, and oh, yeah. I, it, it saddens me when I see any criticism of him, really, I'm, because for what he's done, he, 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 he should, we could, he could take us down again for me. And I'd still back him 100% because yeah. he's, he's took us back into the Premier League and no one else was going to do it, let's be honest. There was no money, that, you know, we weren't spending any money. And that, that squad is just shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, compared to the Premier League, they were, they were rubbish though, weren't they? You look at, there weren't any good players in that team. No, but you thought Hernandez was good on his day. They were just so average, weren't they? And now you know, the world beaters, like, it's incredible. We've added Rafinha and Rodrigo have been two great signings. I know Rodrigo's not been playing of late, but he's real quality on the ball. And you can see that it's almost happening for him. I think he could really come on next season, you know, a year's experience in the Premier League. And Aylin, I mean, how good's Luke Aylin? I think Aylin and Rafinha on the right-hand side is... Um, is as good as anyone. Oh, yeah, you know, Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Aylin's improved so much. Yeah, I, we've missed him at right-back. I know he's, he's come in and done a good job at centre-back, but we have missed him when we have to uh, shift the players around. But, yeah, you just... And Bamford as well. I mean, how good's Bamford? He, he, I think he will get an England call-up. I think he'll get a cap. And he, he really deserves it. I, I can't believe... I mean, I was one of the people that was saying he won't get he won't get five. Uh, you know, you look mm-hmm. at players like Shea Adams, who... He'll look great in the championship, banging in. I think he banged in 30, 25, 30. And then he, he didn't score for about 25 games mm-hmm. in the Premier League. And he, he, I felt like that step up was too much, but he, he's defied all the odds. I, I wouldn't swap him for anybody. I, really Mickey, because... I, I went on um, Five Live, BBC Radio 606 on Saturday night, and I was proper banging the Bamford for England drum, mate. Absolutely banging it. And Sutton, it. And Sutton and Savage weren't having any of it. Danny Ings, they wanted out of Bamford. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I think it's it's a close call. It is a close call. Um, uh, 30, is it thirteen goals or twelve goals he's got now? Twelve. I, I felt like yeah. I, I feel like mm-hmm. it's late. Is it late? It's, it's early March. I think the call up. And mm. I felt if he can bag two more goals, I think he's. I think in, in two separate games, I think he's. Uh, he'll get there, and he bagged one. So I think another a goal against Wolves or Southampton. I feel like Southgate will. I'll go, yeah, I've got a chance. The most goals from open play as well. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, if it's not him, he's what he's second, definitely. But he started taking penalties, isn't it? I mean he banged that penalty away lovely as well. And yeah, he did. yeah. and he's got uh, about fourteen assists as well. Oh, incredible. Uh, and the way that it works and that, that tap in against Crystal Palace, um, when you saw it on match of the day, I didn't notice it in gameplay. The, the amount of work he does, he runs, pressurises the uh, centre-back in the uh, left-back area. and he, he, He's already done about 100 metres. And then, you know, he, he forces the mistake and, the, and then it gets squeezed, they lose the ball. Then he's on the loop round again. 
and the amount of work he does, and you feel like it, oh, it's just a tap in. It's not. His movement is elite, definitely, and Bielsa's taught that. I mean, you hear from the commentators, sometimes you can't see it, can you, when the ball's in our half. They're always saying the, the amount of work the front three are doing and they're dragging the defenders everywhere. It's. Uh, I mean, I just don't know how good he would be in, a, in another in another team. But having said that, he might be. You know, he might be even better. He, he, he's got that touch of class, definitely. I mean, he, he still misses chances, but who doesn't? I mean, Kane does. Well, that's it. Uh, that's it. I, 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 I think he'll get called up. I think Southgate has been at Ellen Road quite a lot, and we know Southgate only lives what the living beast in now, does he? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's always at Ellen Road, isn't he? So he's he lives up in North Yorkshire, I think. He's at Harrogate Way. Yeah, he lives, he lives mm. near Betty's, doesn't he? I think he owns it now, don't he? But um, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's always at Ellen Road. And I think, I think we've we got San Marino next. So, yeah, get him in. First call yeah. up, seven goals on his debut. Boom. We're all raving about him. I think it'd, it'd be, be nice to see. 70 minutes. Him and Calvin. Yeah, oh, but that's just Class. a dream. Who'd have thought that? <laughs> two years ago, two and a half years ago, like exactly. Calvin Phillips as well was a was a nobody. I mean, I was mm. I was really excited about I say nobody comparatively, but it was, I was really excited about Ronaldo Vieira. I thought it was such sure. a good player, yeah. And, yeah. I, and then obviously yeah. sold for seven million. It was a good it was a good deal. Mm. We couldn't really turn that money down, and then um, and Phillips, you just thought just go off on loan or we'll take him two million for him. You know, it wouldn't have been you just snap your hand off for two million to Borough. And, uh, and there he is, best CDM in the country. I mean, it's been a meteoric rise for so many of the players. Captain Coops oh, as well. Klitsch as well. Klitsch, Klitsch, brilliant. I have to say that he's the one player that I feel like last season was incredible. This season, I think the, the transition to the Premier League has been difficult for him. He's played okay, but in that role... Struggled at times. Yeah, I, th- I think where we're going, if you want to be a mid-table championship uh, Premier League team, I think this lot are all right because they're proving themselves. If you want to go and push on for Europe, you feel like we need that class in the middle, don't we? With uh, If we had that Phillips, world-class, and then Rodrigo in that spine in the middle with Dallas as well. I mean, Stuart Dallas, he wasn't a very, he was, wasn't a very good player. Now he's fucking amazing. And, and, and he's really important for the team as well. And in, in a weird way, I don't want to sign too many players because this has been such a good journey from a lot of uh, championship journeymen, if you will, into you know challenging for Europe and it, it's about that collective into it and about you know this consumer kind of capitalist culture that we live in which is throw away for the shit get, get someone else buy you always say we need to spend 100 million we need to spend 200 million you know we're not we've not done it like that we've gone here's a group of players let's make them better and they're a unit and, it, and it's a really nice journey and it, 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 it defies what everything else that's going on in football at the minute. I think that's true, actually, because if you look at what happened when Douglas left, you know, it was a big deal for everyone, wasn't it? The club and him and everyone around it. And you kind of feel that any if any of these players leave, it will feel a bit like that, won't it? Absolutely. Look at Ben White. Gutted. Yeah. He was gutted as well. He's, he's doing mm. well at Brighton, and I'm sure he's fitting in nicely, but there's no doubt he, I think he'd come back in a heartbeat as well. He wants I, mean, I think he wants to. Mm. Yeah, definitely, we definitely missed him yesterday because that he could he could fill in and do that role. I mean, strike was okay, but I don't. If I, I'm not worried about defence at all, I, I just feel like for us when it goes wrong, we look like we can't defend because when you've got world class players running at you with with space and time, you know, Virgil Van Dijk's going to struggle. The problems we've got is is ball retention and. And being able to keep the ball under the under someone else's press, um, and just a bit more quality. I, I think we're three players away from winning the league. If I'm honest with you, if they stayed fit, 
that's that, that that that's the fine margins in football, and that's why it's so weird we don't draw. Mm. It's it, it's so funny that it, it just seems to be a flip of a coin, isn't it? Win or lose, and but it's a really good strategy, and um, and that's why I think we'll do well next year. It's been proven actually that teams that defend come into the league and defend always struggle second season, and we've seen that with Sheffield United. The stats are that if you go out and have a go, second season gets easier. And you look at Wolves, that happened to them. But I, and as well, you take, I mentioned before, take out one player and the team changes. You take, Wolves have lost Jimenez and they've lost Jota as well because he's gone to Liverpool. And they, and they look like they're in a bit of a relegation scrap. And they've gone, they've gone from that top seven into that bottom 15 with the loss of two high quality players up top. I, I think if we got a right winger, a left winger, uh, I mean, Jack Harrison, I'd like to buy him. And anything in between 10, 15 million has been great for us. And I was one of his big critics, first season particularly. But he knows the system. He's a good little player. But if we had someone that could upgrade on that, Rafinha, another world-class player, another nine to back up Bamford and a CDM. Uh, sorry, a, a number eight, sorry, cause, um, that could maybe do a CDM role. And a left-back. Because Alioski, as much as you love him, is getting done on the one-on-ones a lot. And that, you know, when one man gets beat, that's when it falls apart. If we replace those players, I think we'd have a, a shot of winning the league. I think that's how fine the margins are. And I think that's how good the system is. But it needs quality players, doesn't it? But, I mean, all credit to... Um, I was just going to say, Mickey, if Bielsa is listening to this, mate, you need to be head of recruitment. Absolutely nailing it. <laughs> well, I, I, to be fair, Victor Rotter, I mean, how good's he been? How good's he been? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Meslier has been a great buy as well. I know he had a bad game yesterday, but to be thrown in at 20 and not even... He's, he's hardly had any first-team experience. So to be thrown in the deep end and to do as well as he's done, I think he's been a brilliant buy as well. And Rafinha is just the buy of the century, let's be honest. Up top, I mean, for, for a forward player, it, yeah, I hope we can keep him. I think we'll do for another season. We might, we'll probably sell him the talk about his Leicester model. But we've got to keep him for another season because I think you'll get 60, 70, 80 million out of him. I oh, mean, yeah, definitely. We've said on this pod before that I genuinely think he'll be one of the stars of the 2022 World Cup, you know. I genuinely mm. think he will be at this on this form at the moment. He's head and he's, shoulders above anything we've got. Has he even got a cap yet for Brazil? Not yet, no. Oh, that's no. incredible in itself, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you see the Costa goal that we scored and it was a, a great bit of work by Tyler Roberts um, and he's taken a a claim really isn't he for a start yeah we spoke place. about that earlier yeah he is doing but, but what what made that situation is that Rafinha passing it it, yeah. it just opens teams up with what that first time passes he's got everything he's got mm. everything and we haven't even seen the best of him yet I think if we get can get him in better situations where he's running at defences more and you know he's not really he does a lot of chasing back as well doesn't he he's, you know, he runs so much he's sprint, I mean I don't know his sprint metrics but I bet the as high as anyone yeah. all you see him do is sprint <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just yeah he's got he has got everything and he's one of the best players in the league 100% one of the best players in the league Absolutely. so what 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 a what a little um, trick up your sleeve he is so yeah I, I am really positive about about where we are and where we're going and I think performances have got better uh, we, we're not having that those problems we had those problems yesterday actually they, re, they recurred again didn't they but performances have been great last five or six games we had that low moment in early January where 
December time when we and we lost to Crawley. We'd lost two on the bounce, and everyone's tearing their hair out. It's like just relax. We lost. We in the championship. We had. I think we didn't win for eleven, did we? At one stage. Mm. So I expected actually to go on uh, losing streaks in the Premier League. It's not really happened, but I did expect to go on a winning streak as well, and that's not really happened. But nice to put three wins on the bounce. We've not done that yet. But I think we've got a chance now. If we get Phillips back in, we've got uh, is it Wolves, Southampton. I don't know who we've got after that, but I think we might play Southampton again quite soon. I I'm not quite sure of the third team. It might be West Ham, actually. Um, it's, it's Wolves, Villa, and we Oh, is it Villa? West Ham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wolves, Villa, oh, West Ham, right. next three. And then it's oh. Southampton after that. I'm sure yeah. Southampton was rearranged for end of month. It might be, yeah, because of the FA Cup, wasn't it? Match, yeah, it got changed. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. I think I think you're right. I think I think we touched upon it earlier about like when Leicester turned us over um, earlier on in the season, and it was all yeah, Bielsa's been found out. You know, Brendan Rodgers has done us, etc. And and that, and obviously we went to their place and did them, and they yeah. they've gone and turned over all the so-called top four this season. And and in a way, I look at the Wolves game because I thought Wolves did a job on us at Ellen Road, and at the time they were struggling. Um, you know, and. You know, we got them next, and I'd like to think, um, you know, hopefully we're putting a performance similar to what we did at Leicester, if I'm honest. I don't feel like Wolves are going to take six points off us. No. I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Um, and with um, with Wolves, it was a, it was a, a bit of Jimenez magic, wasn't it, actually, that won it? And he's not there now. They're a totally different team without Jimenez. Take Vardy out of Leicester. We, we were lucky to play Leicester without Vardy because they're there for the taking. And with Vardy in that team, that, that game's a completely different, you know, he gets in behind, he stretches, and that never happened. You feel like the first goal's massive, don't you, in every game? If, if we get the first goal, you feel like we're going to win it. And if we if we lose the you know, it, it can all go wrong so quickly, can't it, for us? But, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, and mm. 57 points, please. Cheers. <laughs> Mickey, then, so can we get you uh, have a chat about Bielsa Bible, then? Are you in a hiatus at the moment? What's going on? Yeah, we, we, we did the Bielsa Bible, we did 13 episodes and mm. we started it actually last March, just at the start of lockdown and started doing loads of interviews. Um, but we kind of ran out of steam. It was it's, it's really intensive in terms of how much research and how many interviews we do. And uh, it was just, it was becoming unmanageable, really. We're like, we're, we're putting hours into it. But we thought if we're going to do a Bielsa Bible podcast, do it like Marcelo would do it in terms of preparation and and work so we thought do you know what let's um let's give it a little rest and come back at towards the end of the season we thought easter time with some new interviews and and, and also the bielsa story continues as well so we can mm. reflect on the season so it, it, yeah we, we are we are gonna we love doing it it's a labor of love but it, it it's uh we just felt like you know we're bloody killing ourselves here. Let's let's keep it high quality and um, and come back with another series. We've got some really good interviews lined up actually. That's um, good. Yeah. But they haven't they haven't they haven't come off yet. We haven't done them yet. Mm. But in but in principle, you know. Um, so you know, I, I'll, I'll, I shouldn't say it, but you know, Victor Art has won. I've got Art's number as well. I don't, I shouldn't take, uh, yeah. Sometimes I get pissed and like, so I just phone it. Oh, look at him! Can I be your red recruitment? So Victor's up for coming on and chatting, which is a great coup for us because he's the Absolutely. he's the guy that got Bielsa. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm still in touch with Salim uh, Lamrani as well, mm. uh, who's got a new book out. So it'll be another great interview. So we're just trying to keep the quality high, and you know, be ideally, we'd love to get Kinnear and um, and someone from his family as well. It'd be really interesting to uh, 
hear from his wife, his daughter, or, or his brother, who was a prominent figure as well. It's a really interesting family. I can imagine. You know, the, it's like the uh, equivalent of like the Bens over here. You know, it, they're all really high up in politics, and it, it's a. In fact, his grandfather was the uh, head of the judiciary in Argentina, like the full head of it, and the um, he quit. He gave it up on a point of principle because wow. he didn't feel that yeah. others were. Uh, he felt he didn't feel it was all impartial, and that, I, I love that because that's. That's Bielsa, isn't it? And that's Bielsa's yeah. grandfather. That, that's that's where he gets it from, I think. This this really kind of like, it has to be fair. It has to be. If you say you're going to do it, you do it. And we've got this Lille situation. It's, it's suing him for quite a lot of money, but obviously is, they've broken yeah. his contracts or something's, mm. and he's t- he takes it really personally. Mm. But what what an interesting figure he is. And, and we, we decided to make a religion out of him joking, but it works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it actually works. You know, and, when you, with the things he says, they're very Christ-like almost, aren't they? And he's very reflective and, and, he, mm. and, and philosophical. So, yeah, it's real fun doing it, but... You know what you need to do? You need to jab and go and go to a stadio Marcelo Bielsa and do an episode live from there. How good Mate, would that be? That's the uh, that's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah, we're really in touch with a lot of people from South America have, um, mm, have got I involved with this. I think about a quarter of our listeners are Argentinian. Mm. So we've got the Spanish subtitles up and stuff like that as well. So yeah, we've, we've made quite a lot of friends, actually. It's been really nice. And all the Bielsistas, they're really thoughtful, really well-educated, well-written and uh, and really nice people. So it's 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 it, some of the emails we've you know some of the things we've we've said to each other. It's, it's like it blows your mind. You're like it's a new world of philosophy and and like I say, it's been it's been a real joy just meeting other BLCs and and chatting with them and um, yeah, I made some new friends. Really, it's weird. It's all online, but. But it still counts these days, isn't it? Everything's absolutely, online. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can find love online now, Mickey. Speaking yeah. of my my sister, she's uh, her fiance is Argentinian, and and Bielsa's a god to him, mate. Absolute yeah. god. He's an adopted Leeds fan, and I send him merch out and stuff like that oh, to him. Brilliant. He's, he's absolutely, absolutely love it, and he's a big fan of your podcast as well, mate. So keep it going. Oh, that's nice to hear. Tell him, tell him I like him already. Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> need to translate it into Spanish. That's his feedback. <laughs> a game of guess who the rules are obviously simple i'm going to give you three clues and you've got to guess who the person is that has some kind of historical connection to Leeds united buzz in when you know the answer and there's a little bit of a twist today it might be uh, slightly less connected to Leeds united for the first one but hopefully you'll get it from these clues bit obscure just go with it um i'm going to give you three clues so clue number one in my playing career i secured 64 titles in scotland you're not going to get it just from that. So clue number two. Whoa, whoa, can we, can we try and guess number one? <laughs> Go for it. They've won 64 medals. 64 trophy. titles in Scotland throughout God. their career. Like, certain. I'm just telling you. What oh, the <laughs> player and manager. This, this is a manager. Yeah, player manager, isn't it? <laughs> 64 titles. There's not that many bloody trophies out there. Clue number two. This person was awarded an honorary doctorate from the Edinburgh University in 2013. Ex Leeds. No, I told you there might be a bit of a twist this time. Oh. Uh, Cat on the pitches. <laughs> I think I've got it. 
Clue number three, and if you don't get it from this, this whole thing's been a shit show. <laughs> this person appeared on Strictly Come Dancing in 2014. I don't watch Strictly. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what about an extra clue, Vicky? Just one more clue, I think. Fine, one be. more Just clue. one more obvious Remember, clue. Remember, this person might not be connected to Leeds United this time round because we've done something a bit special for Mickey. This person has two very famous sporting sons. Redknapp? Jamie Redknapp? Oh no, not me. Harry Redknapp. I'm thinking of Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp. <laughs> oh, he went. Oh, he went on the jungle, didn't he? Oh bollocks! Yeah. Um, oh. do you want to give one more clue, Vicky? What's <laughs> the, no. play a particular sport? <laughs> <laughs> give us his surname. This so we can person get it. is a woman and is best known for tennis. It's my <laughs> mate Judy Murray. <laughs> Sandy Murray's mum. <laughs> <laughs> And if you don't get that joke, you need to go and watch Mickey's BGT audition on YouTube. It's fucking hilarious. She's lovely as Judy, you know. She's so nice. She met me and we had a few drinks together in Edinburgh. We're still in touch. She's so nice. I'm I'm glad you've made amends. Yeah, she loved it. She loved it. It's got a really good sense of humour, Judy. Yeah. I, I thought it was a football this year. I was like, 66 titles. Yeah. That would be an F on it. I mean, I, I do would... have a football lined up. We could do the proper version if you like as well, because I do have someone else lined up. You want to play again with a proper Leeds United one? Let's do yeah. it. So, clue number one. During their career, they played for Arsenal, Cardiff, Exeter and Yeovil, among others. Is it Karen Carney? <laughs> <laughs> Soon. <laughs> did she play for Arsenal? Yes, she did. I think she played for Chelsea as well. Oh, horrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Arsenal, Cardiff, Exeter and Yeovil. Clue number two. I have managed the same team twice. Oh, um, bald. I forgot his name. Um, it was... Brian McDermott, Brian McDermott. Hey! Reading, oh, twice, wasn't it? In between us, yeah. Very good. Yeah. We, uh, I'll tell you a story about Brian McDermott, Mike. Always. Uh, we went to interview him once at Fort Parch, and uh, he hates dolls. Absolutely hates them. <laughs> <laughs> Random, most, most randomest thing you'll ever hear about. We interviewed him with the door open, didn't we? He was like, he hated it. Close the door, Brian. Yeah, he hated it. He said, oh, he said to me, if it were up to him, he'd take every single door out of Fort Parch. <laughs> He doesn't even have his front door in his own. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of those beaded curtains instead. <laughs> Me and Dan just looked at each other after we finished the interview and said, Shall we shut the door, Brian? <laughs> Do it <again." laughs> Mickey, you've been a legend, mate. Best guest oh, at season. Best yeah. guest at season. And yeah, Take mate, get care. the Elsa Bible back. Bring it back. Yeah, you've, you, I've said some pretty big things on here about the Bill Spell, so I need to, I need to, I think I'm about to send some messages out now, actually. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, put my money where my mouth is. So that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much to our guest, Mickey Peaker, for joining us. And thanks, as always, to everyone who gives us a listen. Make sure you leave us a review and tell your mates about us. Leeds take on Wolves this Friday, and we'll be back soon to chat through everything that's gone on. Speak to you then. his bags last night pre-flight
that he flew from overseas Yes, he'd been hired To manage leads I miss the Premier League I miss European nights But now I play the style and grace I'm sick and tired of time Wasting teams Playing leads They can't handle that high press Can't they myself Don't think it's gonna be a long, long time Till we win promotion, don't resign You're not the man chance to kids In fact the plain will You found a way to improve them Well yes you did Just look at the 23s now And all your signs are players on the stand It's just the job five days a week Bucket man Bucket man From Argentina Don't think it's gonna be a long, long time Until we win promotion, don't
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.